You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. And finally, our third sponsor is 988. The Oklahoma 988 Mental Health Lifeline, 988 is a direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with trained behavioral health professionals that can get all Oklahomans the help that they need. Learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com. That's 988oklahoma.com. And now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame today to talk a little bit of golf. I'm so excited. I don't get to do this very often. But my guest today is Kendall Dye, who played golf at OU, but is now executive director of Golf for Africa, which they're having an event um, in about probably in about a month by the time this goes out, October 16th and 17th. All the links to that will be in the description below. And for the next hour or so, we're going to hear all about Kendall's love of golf and now passion for raising money for... Um, for Africa and kids in golf in Africa. So thank you so much for coming down. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm super excited to dive in. I don't think I may have had two or three female golfers on in the past. Also, just in, I think coming soon, Maya Stark is coming on the podcast. Nice. Which I'm thrilled yeah. at. She's absolutely crushing it at the yeah. moment. Um, but she was an OSU player and you're an OU yeah, player. Yeah, that's so. okay. I just recently saw her at the Will Rogers Airport, actually. I thought she was still a student athlete at OSU. <laughs> she looked so young and we all had canceled flights, so none of us were in good moods. So. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so looking a little bit at your bio and correcting a few things, thankfully, otherwise I just thought the cry was your dad and he's not. Um, shout out Cryer, Cryer if you're not listening. my dad. <laughs> that's me reading and driving, which you shouldn't do. Uh but you seems like you were born in Memphis and came to Edmond. Dad got a job change. Yes, yeah. My dad worked for um, Fruhoff Trailers okay. in Memphis, Tennessee. So that's where my whole family originated. And when I was three, he was transferred to OKC, and so we moved to Oklahoma in February of '90, and we cried the whole way down I-40. <laughs> Oklahoma is not the prettiest state in February. We thought we were going right back, um, but little did we know that. Of course, we fell in, in love with Oklahoma and, and Oklahomans and couldn't imagine ever living back in Memphis now. Yeah, I've been to Memphis once and had great barbecue, went to Elvis's Graceland, mm -hmm. and then came home. Now I'm all about the Gus's fried chicken, but... Uh, Gus's fried Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah? It's way better than any barbecue. Gus's fried chicken. We went to that famous barbecue place that everybody yeah. goes to that's kind of in a there's a million yeah rendezvous or rendezvous yeah. exactly yeah uh, but it was good and then I you know so one thing people don't really know is a town near what I grew up has like Europe's biggest Elvis festival oh wow so it was interesting to see that you know the passion where that passion comes from right and go to like the whole Elvis thing but coming here when you're three then you really didn't know much about Memphis growing up you know, for the first three years but you're obviously you grew up in Edmond so most of it's been Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. I, I call myself a mutt for how I sound because my parents lived in Memphis and all my family members, you know, for 35 years. My dad still does go back every single year to uh, Marshall and the FedEx St. Jude. So he's probably a 40 year volunteer. Whole three T. He's holds that hush y'all sign. Um, but a lot of, you know, family has passed away over the years. Um, so, yeah, I, I call myself an Oklahoman. Yeah. I can't say sooner born, sooner bred, right. but sooner bred for sure. Yeah. Same as me. We're transplants, right? Yeah. So when, I mean, when's the golf thing coming? Is dad a golfer growing up? You mentioned you have a brother before we started recording. Like, it, was it just around the house? Well, honestly, I would, I would 
owe it to Oklahoma that we're, we're golfers because Memphis is not really a golf mecca like the state of Oklahoma is. And so when we moved to Oklahoma, um, my dad's business partner was was a golfer, said, you need to you need to do this and you need to buy some OU football tickets. So he joined Twin Hills first before I ever uh, even thought about playing golf. I would just kind of mess around the neighborhood with my brother, Adam, who's two years older. And, um, and then once my dad and my brother started leaving me with mom on Sunday afternoons after church, I didn't want that. I wanted to be whatever, you know, wherever they were. Yeah. And so it, it basically started out with me driving the golf cart. As soon as we were away from hole one tee, my dad would let me drive and that's all I ever wanted to do. And, um, I just remember growing up, we actually then, uh, moved memberships to the greens country club in 95 and that's when that's my first golf memory is not, nothing about Twin Hills, but um, of the greens and Brent Cryer and all those crazy pros that I just still love to this day. And um, yeah, so he would just giggle at me because I would, you know, get up there and hit it 100 yards down the fairway and make putts. And I didn't know what I was doing. I had no scar tissue. Yes. And whatever my brother was doing, I wanted to do and do it better. And honestly, just mirroring my brother, I don't really remember ever going to golf lessons or golf camps. It was just mimicking whatever my brother was doing. And so that's that's kind of the early stages of our golf life. Yeah. So at this point, then, you know, like you're just out there having fun with family, wanting to be better than your brother. And like are you like every other kid? Are you doing a bunch of different sports growing up? Like for me, when I, when I got into them and I, I was like, I was like you, right? Granted gives you a golf club, kind of the same story. You go out with dad and family. But I, there was a, there was a tiny moment for me when I was like 12 where I was like, okay, golf is my thing. Yeah. Did you have that kind of moment other, over all the other sports? <clears throat> yeah. So Santa brought us, you know, a golf oh, yeah. bag and a couple clubs. I think I was five and a half or six. And, um, yes, I, my brother and I are both left-handed um, me left-handed in sports and, um, and Adam is left of left for everything. And my father said in the mid nineties, suck it up. We're not finding left-handed kid clubs. You're playing right-handed, you know, just out of laziness probably, <laughs> or he doesn't want to worry with weird kids playing left-handed. And so that's how he did it. And, yeah. um, um, you know, I probably played my first golf tournament when I was eight give or take you know like the three hole club championship at the greens shot a 13 I remember that and of course I was always around just a bunch of boys but I played basketball AAU basketball um competitive softball I was a fast pitch lefty pitcher and so those same group of girls we would just play whatever sport it was throughout the whole year and I had I mean it was such a fun childhood to be able to do that. And then we all ended up getting scholarships for different sports. You know, Oklahoma State softball catcher, Sam Heinlein, Mindy Crayball, Denny Crayball's daughter at Oklahoma City University. Um, but I was the only golfer. Yeah. And so I think it was going into my freshman year at Santa Fe High School when all the girls are ripping up their knees. That freaked me out. I wasn't all for that. And so that's when I kind of wised up and realized I'm 5'4". I'm not that fast. I can dribble, but um, let's just stick to golf. And so that's when I fully focused on golf was in high school. Yeah. It makes sense that, you know, you being a righty now playing golf right hand, your brother being a lefty, you could just stand opposite him and mirror his swing. Well, we both were forced to go right handed. Oh, you both? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. My dad said, suck it up. Nice. Thanks, So it's kind of like the Phil Mickelson thing. Like we had a strong left side. Okay. And we were itty bitty. I mean, skinny and short, but we could still hit it a mile. So, I mean, in a way, it's a blessing. And then now my seven-year-old niece, who we're kind of figuring out, she's the athlete. She's yeah. left of left. And what are we doing? She has her nine-year-old, ten-year-old sister's right-handed golf club. So it's like repeating history. She's going to play right-handed. So growing up, did you hit a big cut or a big draw? I'm always a drawler. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, but I remember at OU days, I had one year where I was just hitting this little cut, and I hated seeing it, but I was winning. Right. So I grew up slinging it right to left yeah. and now I hit a cut because I love seeing it. Yeah. Cuts. I mean, my favorite shot to pull off is just a big old slice around the corner now, yeah. you know, because it's just fun and lazy and, um, but I don't like a whole lot of movement if I don't have to. Yeah. So going, growing through, you know, Santa Fe, then you're playing on the golf team, uh, when does like OU come knocking? Do they just do you, do you like win? You know, are you playing all these OGA tournaments and traveling? Like, how does that all come about? My, I am insanely lucky, blessed because even though we could have afforded it, I never wanted my father to pay for AJGA 
mm-hmm. entry fees. I thought that was crazy. It's astronomical as yeah. well. The whole thing is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I never asked to play any until my later days in high school. I thought maybe I need to, and I'd already been secured at OU. <laughs> I ended up getting in the field and I remember it was at Oak Tree East and I remember making a 12. This is a great story, actually. It was a, it, we had rain out, shotgun start. Just like 10 cup. Yeah, shotgun start. I started on hole 17, Oak Tree East. My mom's walking from the clubhouse back 18 to meet me on probably 18 T. And I don't even remember, I think I blacked out, but I, I ended up making a 12 on the par three and I meet her on 18 and I'm like, mom, I'm nine over. <laughs> She's like, you just started. I'm like, I'm getting all your money's worth that I just, I'm going to hit all the shots today. And I think I ended up shooting nine over for the day. But um, no, I just played in a bunch of South Central Section PGA events. And I never played outside the state of Oklahoma until college, Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, I remember I had the same set of lady gravity back uh, Cobras from Steve Ball that I used from seventh grade, 12 years old, until my coach, though, you got me new Titleist irons my freshman year. So no wonder why. Why was I hitting a huge sling and draws? Because they were, <laughs> I got a little stronger from seven to nine, seventh grade to 19 years old. Yeah. So um, I just never wanted to ask for anything. And now, of course, I'm a brat and I've gotten a million clubs since then. But um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> It's it those experiences with parents on a golf course when you're young at the time because you you know you're you're a teenager right you're extremely hormonal and I, my dad like we did not have a great relationship on the golf course yeah. until I think I was about sixteen but like from twelve to sixteen I was a complete you know bad words <laughs> just a typical kid and yeah. you know throwing clubs or slam my club on the ground but I was extremely confident in myself but I was just like I didn't really I didn't know how to show it you know properly yeah um, and you know I was never a good winner either like I'd always like rub in people's face really oh, I was awful um, <laughs> but those memories now like we laugh about right like they're great memories to have yeah. with mom dad whoever was yeah. out there driving the car around or seeing you and you know, remember this time where I full putted or whatever like or oh, remember yeah. this time when I chipped in and made oh, it you yeah. know whatever it is like all those stories they're special moments right well, I remember like at the greens my mom would just drop my brother and I off and yeah. leave us for the day and I'd call crying Adam's throwing clubs in the trees or you know he's doing something crazy come get me but we knew better because we wanted to be out there not yeah. to, you know, do that too often. Yeah. So then OU comes. You, you, yeah. You so there. OU, I got super lucky. Um, I remember um, later in my high school days, my good, good friend, uh, Lucy Nunn, who um, was being recruited by OU. So Carol Ludvigson comes down and is watching Lucy. And, and I happen to be in the same group. And I mean, Lucy and I have known each other since we were eight. And she's like, I'm not going to OU. I'm going to Arkansas. Do you want the spot? I'll tell them that you want the spot. And they don't know me from Adam. Like, <laughs> I'm up in Edmond, you know, 35 minutes away, but they don't know who I am. Yeah. So I basically call them up and say, you know, can I come for a visit? And I just got insanely fortunate that Lucy, you know, went on to Arkansas. It worked out beautifully. She was Stacey Lewis's roommate and teammate and had a great career. Now is coaching at Mississippi, Southern Miss. Um, and so then I ended up getting a full ride. And of course, you know, OU yeah. is my biggest love and passion. And I'm so grateful that when we moved here in 90, that my dad's business partner was an OU alum and donor. Yeah. And so um, he, in my personal opinion, he That's let us. That's how he guided he let you us, yeah. to the red and instead of the orange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what is like... What is that moment then? So when you get to college, is it kind of, was it overwhelming? Like, how was that experience when you get there if you, you know, probably weren't planning that much? I mean, you said you had already kind of headed that way, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if I was in the family, I want to go to OU. Mm -hmm. But what is it actually like when you get there and they say, hey, you know, you're on the golf team now and you're... You're a, you know, you're you're an you're a university division one athlete. Yeah, dream come true. I mean, when I went to go get my books, you know, it's all wrapped up for me and ready to go. I mean, yeah. just things that were, you know, Christmas in August when you go to the locker room and you've got all your swag and, you know, I got gifted brand new golf clubs. You know, I think I probably cried. You know, because I hadn't had clubs yeah. in forever. And our first event was up in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and our, the airlines lose our clubs, which was new for me. That was kind of exciting. 
Um, I remember my freshman fall year, we play out in Vegas, and I think I shoot, you know, 74, 74, 74, thinking, okay, that was pretty good, you know, Oklahoma mindset. And we got, like, shellacked by UCLA. <laughs> okay, this is college golf. But a dream come true to be able to say, you know, a, a little girl dream, I, I want to go to OU, I want to play for OU. And for it to happen and to have a free education and, and for the, you know, the community and the alumni and the donor base. I mean, I still can't believe that I was able to play at OU and um, still able to go to the games and be a part of the teams and both men and women and support their, their programs in any way possible. Yeah. Member of Jimmy Austin. I moved back here in 2020 after being away for 10 years playing professionally. But um, yeah, it's just... I mean, I love Oklahomans, but, you know, it's it's nice to go down there and be with my Sooner family. Yeah, it, I mean, just college golf in general, right? It's a special place to be. It's a special bond with players, both guys and girls on the team. And, you know, you got those memories now for a lifetime, and you got those friends for a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, my teammates, I didn't join a sorority, so those teammates of mine are, yeah. were my sisters and still are to this day, and now they're all married and having babies and stuff. And even though we don't see each other as often, a lot of them move back home or wherever, when we do get together for a football game or whatnot or a wedding, it's just like we haven't missed a beat. Yeah. And, you know, those four years were the easy, easily the best four years of our lives. We had so much fun and, um, you know, got to travel the country with them, go to Hawaii, go to Puerto Rico. I mean, I, I say I have kind of a mush brain with a memory, but there are a lot of memories um, with those girls playing a lot of golf. Yeah. Who was uh, who was on your team and who was on the guys' team during that time as well? So, AK, Anthony Kim was on the men's team. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of good times in Charleston dinners together, and he took me under his wing quickly. Um, good putting contests and stuff like that, or playing in a sevensome at Jimmy Austin and yeah. getting in trouble our freshman year by doing that. Uh, Kelly Jacks, uh, she played a little bit on tour. She was on the Big Break Golf Channel. Um, we had, um, so Carol Ludvigson was our head coach and she was there for 25 years and now she's in the athletic department and MJ, uh, was our assistant. And then Emily Milberger was my assistant for this, the final two years. Um, Chelsea Collins, Brooke Collins, sisters from Colorado, Ryan Elmer, who's from, she played for McGinnis. She's an eye doctor now in Oklahoma city. Um, but we had, we had, I would say, uh, we underachieved. Truly. And um, I was able to go to nationals my senior year. I was able to go to regionals and nationals individually my senior year, which was the best that we did in my four years. Um, Won the home tournament at Jimmy Austin that they don't, they now have at Belmar. But um, I just kept getting better and better and better. And like in my own head, I thought I, I really would like to, you know, try professionally, but I never really verbally said it out loud in case I put it out there and I, you know, I failed. And so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where things led. I just progressively got a little bit better with more experience. And Carol, you know, poured herself into me and, and Brent Cryer at the Greens, um, who I would, you know, go and still see back in OKC for lessons. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, yeah. the development of the golf. A few things in there. What's your best AK story? That I'm allowed to tell. <laughs> yes. The, yeah. You can tell me plenty after <laughs> okay. we start recording. But Well, um <clears throat> Let's see, AK, um, we did have a 27 hole putt, and this this would probably be uh, a little bit, of, we might have to edit this one out, but we had a 27 hole putting contest at, at uh, our facility. And I remember, you know, what were we gambling for? I really wanted my roommate and teammates two ball putter, and AK had, you know, relationships with every club company. Yeah. And so Kelly's like, I want 20 bucks. I said, well, I want this putter. And so we ended up beating him and his buddy in this putting contest. And he was good on his word. The next week at my locker was a two ball center shafted, you know. Brilliant. Yeah, filled up putter um, that I still have today. I was actually looking at it last night. So um, we did plan a seven some my freshman year. And um, everyone but me got in trouble for that one because I was the freshman. I didn't know any better. Like, oh, I didn't know we couldn't play seven. Just following the lead. Yeah. We would always go to Charleston's on whatever the special night was for the Hawaiian ribeye. He would always take me out there. Uh Um, And then even after college, when he was playing at Southern Hills in the PGA, um, you know, he let me come up there with him and ride along with him and be inside the ropes with him. I mean, he was just, just such a good, solid friend. 
And, yeah. um, and I think he trusted me as well. And I learned a lot from him. I've never hit, seen anybody hit the ball as good as, as him. And that's, you know, what everyone says. I mean, he would have triple extra stiff shafts and I couldn't even get it, you know, two feet off the ground and he's yeah. just piping it out there. Um, he liked to bend the rules a little bit, you know, like no parking in this certain area at the facility or no dogs allowed, or you need to be dressed appropriately. You know, he would yeah. have his dogs out there and park where the coaches were and stuff like that. But you know, AK's AK and everybody loved him. It was yeah. good to be around him and just watch him. Yeah. I, I mean, we always hear stories, right? You always, but you never hear them from someone like yourself who was there every day and saw him and, and saw his brilliance. And, and it's, it yeah. is sad that he is not continue didn't continue playing or, well, you know, sad his wrist for us. Injury. it is that's what i mean yeah. like, it's not sad for him he's yeah. doing just fine yeah. but like it is sad that we didn't get to see yeah we were robbed yeah because i remember watching the Ryder cup and he's gone out and destroyed sergio you know and he's out there with his massive belt buckle and he's fist pumping like tiger wood or he's shouting yelling i'm like this is everything i hate about american golf when they're playing well but it's Ryder cup so it's like your equivalent of ian poulter and yeah. i get it but at the same time, I appreciate, like, his brilliance. Yeah, he was ahead of his class. time. Where do you think he'd be today? Would exactly. He, would he be on the live tour? <laughs> Probably so. Yeah, he would have cashed in, for sure. <laughs> he'd have been the lead dog on that. Oh, that'd be so funny. That's a great point. Uh, the other thing you mentioned is you won in college. I did. I where, did. Where did you win? Yeah, so I, um, I won our, our home tournament uh, my junior and senior year. You and, went back um, to back? I did. Nice. Yes, at Jimmy Austin, you know, the 36-18 format. Yeah. And uh, we'd play in April, so it would be 36 degrees and howling. Yeah. And um, I would just stay in my little bubble, in my little cocoon, and just mentally grinded it out. So, t- I mean, even in my history of winning on the Symmetra Tour, it typically was when there was rain delays or blowing a hoolie or, yeah. you know, I needed those elements to get those other girls ticked off so that I could just stay in my Plot little bubble. Along. And, you yeah. know, it's just Oklahoma way. We don't have that great of weather. Right. You know, you've got to be a mutter or be able to play in the wind. Um, a good story from that home tournament, my senior year, Lucy Nunn, who, who ended up playing for Arkansas, her parents came to surprise me and support me and walk along with my folks. And um, hole 18 now was nine at the time, but the par five around the bend, I, I was hitting my third shot into the green, eight iron, and I hit it. And I remember it was windy and divot got in my eyeballs. I didn't see where it went, felt left. And the next thing I noticed is her mom and my dad and Alex Brown, our OU trainer, start running up the hill towards the clubhouse holding her mother's head. I had nailed her on the fly with my golf ball, and she saved me from going into the hazard. (laughs) So thank you, Cindy Nunn, for that. But she thought I duffed it, so they're all looking down into the creek down below the green because they saw the big divot. No, I airborne. And so, thank God, her head was down, and she had a beanie on. And uh, my dad said it sounded like a ball was like clicking on the cart path. And she was a kindergarten teacher, and she ended up having two black eyes. Oh my God! But she saved me from going into the hazard, and, and I won, won the tournament. <laughs> but can you imagine? I, I was I shaking. So I couldn't. I couldn't hardly, you know, chip the ball up. I think I still made double on the yeah. hole, but I thought I killed her. So that was that was a memorable shot. And I think about it every time I play Jimmy Austin. Yeah. Have you been hit yet? Um, have I been hit? Yeah, I've been hit, but not um, nothing bad. No. No. Yeah, same. I mean, I've been hit a couple of times, but nothing. I mean, I, well, I have been hit in the side of the head, but it was, it came through trees <laughs> and hit me. And I had a hat on as well. And I said, yeah. I have a scar, but it wasn't like terrible. Yeah. No, I don't uh, think I've been hit. I can't. Yeah. It's, uh, I've been like... And, and, you know, when you're out there with the team practicing, like someone's going to hit you. Yeah. It's just because you're out there shagging balls or whatever. Yeah. Like that's, you know, inevitable. But well, yeah, every pro-am I'm a part of, I mean, earlier this week, I'm up in Toledo, Ohio for the LPGA pro-ams. And I mean, we're just that's the pro-am soundtrack screaming, you know, four or whatever you're going to hear. My guys, I think we every single one of us hit into the group ahead of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then obviously you go back to back home tournament and like you said earlier, you have that kind of quiet confidence that I think I can play on tour. Well, yeah. And I also tied for, I'm sorry, I missed that one. I tied for first my senior year at big 12s in Lubbock, nice. Lubbock, Texas at the, at the Rolls. Rolls. That's yeah. Such a bad golf Which was, course. you know, the fairways were as firm as this table and oh, it's horrific, nine irons right? going 200. And, um, that was a, that was a regret of mine. A regret was, was stopping playing basketball when I did, but also would I have ever gotten a scholarship to sure. OU? Probably not. So that, you know, you live and you learn. I'm, I'm grateful for how that played out. 
And then, so I, I, um, I missed this on the 53rd of 54 holes. I, I marked it. I lined up. I just missed it. And so I go into a playoff with a girl from A&M. And my regret is um, I was coached to play how I played in stroke play. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going head-to-head, and hole two is par five, and I yeah. play it conservatively as I like to do oftentimes, and she easily got me. So. Yeah. Um, that was also, Still a, I was a T1, but yeah. I, I ended up getting second. So yeah, I, uh, I just, I clicked the box, turned pro in the summer of 09, played in some, uh, state opens. My first pro event was at the Colorado women's open outside of the Denver airport. And I didn't know any better. I just knew play to win. Yeah. And so I ended up getting second place. I think it was a $8,400 paycheck. And I thought this, this is easy. Let's, let's keep going. I can do this. Yeah, no scar tissue. Had no idea about cuts and money lists and priority lists. And um, and so I had a good successful first little summer of like getting going and then Q schools. Um, and so the last 12 years, I've, I've yeah. been living out of a suitcase and living from Phoenix to Tampa um, and eventually ended up getting my, I played on the European tour. Yeah. So I thought at 25 years old, let's go see what the world's about. And I loved that. Yeah different my, country every week oh yeah my first um so it's 25 2012 go go to q school in spain and accidentally get my full card i didn't know what i was doing sorry mom and dad I think I i'm now nine. moving to europe yeah yeah and um you know going from germany to to the netherlands to slovakia um switzerland prague it was phenomenal and just the girls it's just a whole different vibe over there you know it's the scottish irish way of you go play golf, you want to beat your opponent, but then come in and have a, a pint and yeah. you're all friends, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I wish we had more here in America is just the camaraderie instead of the lone wolf mentality that a yeah. lot of pros have. Um, and so, yeah, that was a that was a big, not only on the golf course of learning how to play that kind of golf, but also off the course of I'm 25 and I'm roaming around the red light district by myself right now. You know, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> so that was just a great year. And then finally got my LPJ tour card uh, from the 14 season. So my rookie year was in 15, which yeah. I had told my dad. My dad didn't give me a penny. I didn't want him to fund my pro golf. I wanted my dad to be my dad and to, to figure it out on my own and was very fortunate with Oklahomans who supported me mm-hmm. out of the goodness of their hearts. And um, and so I told my dad originally, I'm going I'm to do it th- three years and I'll get my card. Well, you know, sometimes yeah. things don't go that way. And so it took me five, five full seasons to get it done. Yeah. But you have all that experience from traveling, from going to Europe, from meeting, you know, so many friends. And and that's the one, the beauty of it, right? Is like, look, I'm working here, but I'm also in a different country every week. And if that mind switch is kind of, if you don't see it as a burden to be in a different country every week, mm-hmm. then you can really enjoy yourself. Yeah. And the girls are super kind, you yeah. know, they're like, you don't need to go lay over and Warsaw, that doesn't make any sense. I'm yeah. like, just tell me what to do, tell me where to stay, and yeah. it is pretty funny because even as you know, leaving high school, Lucy, I I ponied off of, okay, now what am what am I doing? Like, what's the appropriate steps? Yeah. And then turning pro, what are the appropriate steps? And now it's kind of funny looking back. I mean, as a kid, I used to think, how do you even book an airline ticket? How do you go about the airline airport process? You know. And now I can do it in my sleep. And, you know, now I'm trying to pay it forward and help those those girls that are, you know, at OU or wherever they are. Because I have a lot of friends in college coaching just try to help mentor of, you yeah. know, how, how I would do it differently if I had the opportunity. You know, I tried to cut corners financially, which sometimes you have to do. But when I chose to stay in that hotel or stay by myself, I typically yeah. would play better. So, um yeah, it's it's a it's funny looking back on how it all played out. Yeah, you're right. When you look back at like your results, and you look back, like look, I'm having an absolute blast year, and I and I'm staying, and and it's cheaper to stay with friends and and or a group of you together. But also, you've got to focus on you, yeah. right? And you're there to do a job. Yeah, you got to be selfish. Yeah, you know, of course, money is super important. But oftentimes, when you have to bunk up with a bunch of people and you're miserable, you might be miserable on the golf course. Yeah. So there's a there's a give and take there. Definitely. Uh, talking golf really quick. Are you a golf nerd or are you more of a field player? Am I a golf nerd or yeah, a field player? Yeah, you, both. Are you Are you into like all the data and the specs and like changing clubs here and there? I mean, obviously not growing up. 
I'm both. You're both. Yeah, for sure. Because I didn't grow up with TrackMan or videos or yeah. this and that. But of course, my brother and I, I love now looking at swings and helping people from Cincinnati to New York to wherever. Um, I love analyzing golf swings. Okay. And I don't own a TrackMan. I'm probably one of the very few on the LPGA that didn't own a TrackMan. I thought... Well, my ping grip has one. Our club repair guy has one. And I have a brain. I know how far yeah. things are going. If I need to get in front of one, I can get in front of one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I just think they're crazy expensive. But I do love a track man. Yeah. If I had all the money in the world, absolutely, I would own one. Um, but I think some people can just go get bogged down on all that information yes. instead of just be an athlete, figure it out. You should know your numbers. You should know, you know, how far did that fly, mm -hmm. et cetera. But of course, when I'm getting fit with my pink clubs, 100%, I yeah. am a golf nerd about give me every little, like, how fast was that balls, you know, all the stuff, how far, did, you know, launch angle, tack angle. I love it all. I eat yeah. it up. Big on, um, I mean, playing in Europe and, and also growing up in Oklahoma, there's a lot more wind and the turf's different. That's the one thing I, I struggled to get used to when I came here was I'd never played on Bermuda grass. Right. When you travel, obviously, there's a lot of different stuff to go on. Would you adjust a lot or, I mean, are you... Do you ever play in Switzerland as well? We did. Is it Kranz? Kranz this year? It was near Lucar uh, okay. uh, Lucarno. I, what I, I want to ask is just, I'm interested, in, and for the people listening, the 1% of golf nerds that are listening to this podcast, me and my friend Jason, uh, <laughs> I'm just interested in kind of like your prep and how you would how you would set up for different places, travel, right. and, and how that all works out. Well, compared to the PGA, our, our you know, agronomist team, they do all that they can do, but our our Green speeds would definitely differ from week to week, but the biggest uh, learning curve from week to week is the grass type, especially from the rough or around the greens. Um, and of course, if you're going from San Francisco to Phoenix, you know the ball's going to fly differently. That's super important. But the grass type for the rough that was that was the biggest learning curve. And sometimes the sand conditions would change as well. Um, but that's what I tell everybody is actually there's a freshman at OU. Women, I just met her last week and. She's like, what the heck is Bermuda? How do I, how do I oh, get out of this? Welcome to my world. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, it's so different. And how you, you know, chip little shots in, yeah. in Wales and Ireland and Scotland is way different than what you're going to be doing off of. I'm so grateful I didn't grow up in Scottsdale because that's like heaven on earth. Dome golf, isn't it? Yeah. Carpet yeah. and plush. Yeah. So I am grateful that I grew up in Oklahoma with crap conditions, with poor soil, you know, poor grass, because ball contact was always um a strength of mine yeah. but that that is funny that you said that because they had qualifying in the last two weeks they they start today at pebble beach yeah and she's a great player and she's like what the heck is this grass type <laughs> so i'll have to yeah maybe help her out a little bit did you have like a, a pretty preset a pretty kind of firm preset pre-shot routine or did it did it change every now and then and when you are going through your pre-shot routine what is it do you kind of close your eyes do you visualize like how is that yeah so I, I um it's a good question I talk about this stuff all the time I definitely have changed it over the years um after a while I realized why am I even doing a practice swing like what's the purpose uh if I need to get loose okay but to take you know a swing or two that that adds up if you're swinging it 40, 50 times, you know, in a given round. Um, so now I don't do a pre, I don't do a practice swing and that freaks people out. I'll get behind the ball, I'll plan it out, but I'm very much an athletic type mindset of, you know, your gut reaction is probably correct. You know, I always believe in getting back behind the ball, planning out the situation. And I do, uh, in the last few years have been differing with my pre-shot for putting um, you know, I watch Bubba Watson and his practice strokes are super fast. And it's like, is that how you're going to hit the putt? Like, what's the point of that? So I, I, I play a lot of golf with coach Lon Kruger, our former OE basketball coach. And so one day he and I were playing last summer and I just got in there and went, look at the hole, come back and go. And so we call that like my jump shot routine, because a lot of times, you know, I, I relate a lot of it back to basketball of a free throw. You know, if that guy is just piddling over the line, you have way more time to go negative or technical instead of just get in there and go. And a lot of these kids, these modern day players I see, and if they break their routine, all's going to go negative. Well, not necessarily. Normally when you're trying to beat the, the sunset or, or the rain, your gut reaction is typically correct. And you're just free of thought and, and fear. 
So I love all that stuff. I, I've had a sports psychologist at OU and then also as a professional, Debbie Cruz out of Mesa, Arizona. And I just, I love all that stuff. It's yeah. really fun. To it, it's interesting you say dropping the, the practice swings. It's something I've recently adopted in the last month or so because... Yeah, you're only getting older. I mean, you got to yeah. maintain your energy. Yeah. And like, <laughs> but also I'm like, I'm, I get so in my own head a lot yeah. and I'm standing over the ball or, or I like... I'm standing behind the ball and like in my, I'm, and this is going way down the rabbit hole, but I'm like talking to myself in my head. I'm like, if you do three practice things on this, like you'll hit it down the middle. Like it's dangerous. So I was just like, stand behind the ball, close my eyes, count to three, visualize where I'm going to hit one, two, three, go. Yeah. And then I step into it and I hit it. Yeah. And it's, and I've done the same with putting, like other than lag putting, I don't do any putting practice strokes. Like, and it's working tremendously. Uh, And I mean, obviously there are times where I like, fall down the rabbit hole again but like well it's so comical next time you play with an am and you watch them do their practice strokes see if they're actually ever looking at the hole they're not they're yeah. looking down at what they're doing right. and how is that helping the next putt it's not it's not oh <laughs> golf's such a minefield oh, i love we're it nerds. we are nerds. nerds i am such a nerd uh do you have any superstitions when you played golf superstitions in college i had um i loved playing with yellow golf tees and okay. so the baylor bear women's golf team they were like our sisters like we our yeah. coaches got a we loved um, those girls on the team, so the coach would always send me a box of Baylor Bear Biela golf teams, and I would play them. Um, I've always marked my golf ball the same way that I copied another thing off my brother when he was little, and I'm sure he marks his ball 50 other ways now, but it's just I would copy him, so it's a little dot above, like the last T in Titleist. Yeah, I mean, I ha- we all have superstitions. The same ball marker over and over. It used to be a Shinnecock ball marker, my favorite course. And right now, it's um, I, I got an OU ball marker that makes me think of Joe C. Actually, every time I putt, because it has his little fedora hat on the ball marker. He has no idea about that. Um, oh, yeah, we're all Fruit Loops about it's stuff. Like, with me, like, I have, <laughs> it depends. I have certain ball markers in my bag that I, like, just, they, they, I need to throw them out because I don't use them. Yeah. It's usually a quarter, and I have to mark it with the head facing <laughs> me <laughs> the titleist pro v1 has oh, to face I'm me when i'm putting I'm or else so if it faces bad. that way out then i'm gonna miss the putt i mean I, we could talk for hours about how mad i'm not you know how we are nutcases who play golf because it's just or if a caddy puts my clubs in the wrong area it's like no it's not that hard to just put it right back where it belongs it's like uh, no nah, i'm not a doctor but put the utensils back where they belong you know not that hard <laughs> Uh, do you have some characters as caddies over the years? Oh, yeah. Any family oh, yeah. caddies, or, or do you always stay, keep that? Uh, my brother separate? caddied for me in my final event last fall in Northwest Arkansas. I didn't tell anybody that I was going to retire, mm-hmm. and I just thought that would be a nice way of going out. And uh, it was still kind of COVID situations where we could, like, online book our practice rounds. And so I booked with Lexi Thompson just because I thought he would get a, you know, a thrill out of that. And he just, I've never seen anyone love a Tuesday practice <laughs> round more than my brother. He was so geeked up. Um, yeah, I've had, I, 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 I had a handful of the same caddies that I would use over the last 12 years. Um, one of the requirements that I always love having a caddy, of course, that I enjoy the interaction and, you know, the chit chat, but, uh, just a poker face, whether I'm eight under or eight over, you're the same dude, no matter what, or lady. Um, I wouldn't want someone to get too hyped up or too ticked off at me because I'm already whatever that is. So I, I always say a poker face is always, um, and a good green reader from time to time. Benito is one of my best green readers. He's from Mexico, chain smoking Benito, but I just love him to death. And um, I, I would literally mark my ball and I would stand at the side and wait till he told me um, where to put it. And I love the tour, Symmetra Tour and Birdies, I think 199 uh, and 14. We never won together, but I think we had eight top tens. And so I got my card because of Benito. Wow. I was just a robot. The, the caddy scene is just uh, I mean it's such an eclectic group of human beings right like yeah just and that's another thing group. that I try to tell the young girls to you know reach out to all of us if you know if there's a guy that you know tells her that he's the world and mm-hmm. you know because there's a lot of you know a lot guys yeah. that come yeah, out of the yeah. woodworks that don't know what the heck they're talking about right. or charge off astronomically but uh Rick the Nerd uh Louie uh, Billy Prentice, like I tend to go for some of those veteran caddies that just are so chill and have, you know, been around the block uh-huh. because 
we're professionals. We don't necessarily need expertise on how to hit a golf shot, you know, just more of a, a teammate out there and a cheerleader or a counselor. Um, but when you can find a good one, you got to hold on to them. Oh yeah, They're, it's the it's the all of the above job, isn't it? It's yeah. just like you're you're everything. You're and, everything, and, and it's very hard to find someone. And it seems like the um, some of the some of the players seem to just they just you you know caddies are just a disposable thing to them, right? It's just like oh yeah, I use you this week and then. But once you find someone that you love and and, and you just you gel with and you work with, then you know there's nothing better than than having someone that you look forward to spending four or five hours of playing golf. It's a big learning with. curve because a lot of these girls come out of college, they don't want to deal with a caddy, yeah. and it's like that's part of the professional deal. You've got to figure it out mm-hmm. and and what you need, and not necessarily what the next player needs because yeah. everyone's different. Some of them. I mean, like Brittany Lincecum, who's had a ton of success, and she's been with Missy for many years, but Missy is all in on, I mean, very verbal. And then the next guy, Woody Austin, you know, he's had Derek forever, and Derek's probably read two putts in all of their time together. Yeah. You know, so it's very different. Yeah. So you mentioned then transitioning out of professional golf. How does that come around? How does how does the you mentioned you know you got a lot of friends that are coaches and then also golf for Africa like how does that come around? Did you think I'm going to go into coaching or did you know that I'm going to go and and be a part of this charity and obviously now executive mm-hmm. director of this charity that um, Betsy King has set up? So how do how do we transition yeah. to that? Well, I'll, just my backstory with golf for Africa. I met Betsy when I was living in Phoenix, okay. my uh, rookie year on tour, and knew about her foundation. Knew from the pros' point of view that she hosted high end events and and that she would take players to Africa to see the work. And so after playing 18 holes with her, I just fully committed of well, I can raise money for a well, fifteen thousand dollars. And so my, my rookie year in 15, I sent out an email of, hey, this is my goal. This is what I'd like to do. And 20 family members or pro-am partners or friends and along the way um, responded and funded the 15K. And I was able to go in December of 15. Actually, when I lost my full card, my clubs went back to Phoenix and I went to Africa. And uh, by going over there and seeing the work, you're just, you can't be changed. And I went with three other LPGA players on that trip, Amy Olson, Cheyenne Woods, Christy McPherson, and I challenged them the next year of in 16. Like we could raise, you know, the four of us even more. So we were able to do that in 16. And then in 17, Betsy asked, Betsy King, LPGA Hall of Famer. We're now in our 15th year uh, as an organization, but she asked if I'd come on the board and be a part-time fundraiser while still playing and helping recruit pros for her pro-ams and wear the logo and and so i've been able to do that and then in recent years she was tugging on me of come on full-time come on full-time you want to be done living out of a suitcase traveling all the time come on and so i was playing in ireland last summer my first time to ireland which was perfect and of course i'm a golf geek so i'm playing i stayed extra because my caddy's from dublin and so we did the whole deal up the north coast and over to the east side of Northern Ireland. And, um, I just felt it in my gut that I think I'm done. And it was really the first time I've ever felt that. Yeah. And I'm thankful that that was the first time. Cause you just can't teeter totter on the greatest, you know, stage for women's golf and be successful. And so I decided to just rip the bandaid off and be done. And, um, uh, I haven't looked back. I miss the humans, uh, for sure. I miss the staff and the caddies and the volunteers and, just seeing those faces that I probably took for granted, just being able to see my 143 other great friends every week. Um, but I, I was at a fork in the road last fall, actually, because I, I had a couple of lunch meetings with like Tim Fleming and EJ Fister of, I really like to teach and I don't want to forget what I've known over the last however many years with golf. Do I go down that route? You know, Oklahoma City doesn't really have a whole lot of female instructors who have yeah. played on tour. That could be a little niche. Um, but with Golf for Africa, I said yes to the answer, or yes to the, to the to the challenge, and was hired as a full-time fundraiser in December of last year. And then how things evolved, the board named me executive director in February of this year. And actually, Tuesday night, they labeled me president. So I don't know what that means. Okay. All I know is I'm a golfer, and I like to fundraise, and I like yeah. to share the mission of what we do, which is actually raising money for clean water. So uh-huh. it's nothing to do with golf over in Africa. It's all about clean water. And our country that we're designated to is Zambia, 
because Zambia is the next country in line to be fully funded with water. So how we do it is we host high-end pro-ams or clinics or dinners or luncheons, you name it, to raise our money for um, World Vision, who's our implementing partner. And so in 15 years, we've raised over 15, we've granted over $15 million. So it's a whole different type of pressure. Like I'm used to (laughs) making cuts and playing well and me, me, me and selfish. And now it's like, how the heck are we going to get this money? You know, how can we do this? And so far two quarters, which I felt the weight of the world of a country, it is life or death, unlike golf Uh and God is good. And our donors are insanely generous. And so, so far we're on track and this golfer is trying to figure it out quickly because, you know, I've learned a lot about, um, golf, but not so much about how to run an organization. And it's been a very hard challenge, but it is so rewarding Yeah, knowing that. And we were able to go two weeks ago and see the work, take 10 donors over there. Nobody got sick. It was a perfect trip. And we'll, I'll be taking another group in December as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so this event then that's coming up October 16th and 17th, is that the first time it's been, you've had an event in Oklahoma City? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, it, it, the idea started off as a clinic because Oklahoma is a golf state, you yeah. know, the party in Tulsa this year, everyone is the talk of the state. Yeah. And so there's no reason why Oklahoma couldn't get a, a LPGA event in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to have one in Tulsa and I would dream, I mean, Betsy King dreams of having an, a, an LPGA event that would benefit women and girls. Yeah. And I called her up a month ago and said, is your vision Phoenix Scottsdale or could it eventually be in Oklahoma? And she goes, I don't care where it is. That yeah. would just be the dream. And so this has evolved into an LPGA Celebrity Pro-Am October 16th and 17th at OKC Golf and Country Club, which is a dream because, you know, it's hard to get on that course. And the board approved us and Scott Verplank to have our event there. And so I'm super excited to be bringing my LPGA friends and our mission um, and just kind of combining our community because I know Oklahoma is generous and they love their golf. And so there's definitely teams and dinner spots and yeah. sponsorships all still available. Um, we're going to have Julie Inkster, Laura Davies, Amy Olson, who wears our hat uh-huh. and bag on tour, who's a great ambassador for us. Julie Inkster also has been to Africa with us. Uh-huh. I mean, all these pros say yes to Betsy and to Golf for Africa. They, they've they been over there. They see it. And of course, the pro gets pulled every which way, every Monday. And for them to even also donate back to us, you know, means the world. So we got Coach Bob Stoops coming, Little Joe Washington, Curtis Lofton. I had to focus on some Oklahoma State people. So we have the, <laughs> the softball coach, Coach Kenny, who's been awesome. He's actually a Sooner baseball yeah. pitcher. So he's really a Sooner at heart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited to just bring it all together. We're going to have a Sunday night dinner with an auction and a pro Q&A and music, dinner, drinks, and then we'll have the 18-hole Pro-Am yeah. on Monday where each team gets to play nine with a pro and nine with a celeb. That's so, going to be a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, it should be. Hopefully the weather will be perfect. Yeah. There's nothing better than playing full golf out at Oklahoma City Golf and Country Club. I, I mean, I know they've cut down a million trees and the ice storm ruined a million trees, and I'm kind of No, like the fairways are probably the best fairways in the state. But they're so good at the moment. I played state am out there about yeah. a month ago. Um and yeah, I was just like, I, I worked out there in college, so I just love being out there. And, you know, it's just, it, I wish it had the infrastructure to hold bigger events. Right. It just doesn't. Well, and the word on the street is they would desire a female USGA event yeah. or an LPGA event. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for that. I'm just super grateful that they said yes to us. They opened the doors. I know that Oklahomans, a lot of them haven't had the opportunity to play there. Yeah. But I've played there this summer and looking at the fairways, I'm like, I could eat my dinner just right on these fairways. They're so good. What I love of what they've done with, and I'm sure you played it before they renovated it too. So I love that, like, even though most people don't walk the golf course, the way that they've kind of shaved fringe into tee box. My favorite look. It's just the greatest. Like walking yeah. off 16 to 17th yeah. tee box is, and it's the little things and that's what makes us golf yeah. events. But it's the little things that I yeah. just love. So back to this golf tournament then, um, hopefully the weather's great. Uh, I'll put, you know, the information for everyone in, in, in the description you. So you can go check out that, that and also uh, social media links through Instagram and all that kind of stuff as well. But what's like um, kind of for you, like a- 
after this golf tournament, this is not just what you do, right? You know, you, like you mentioned, you, you're now the president of the organization. So you've got so much stuff to going on around the country and, and around the world for, you know, wells in Africa. Where do you see, I mean, what, and obviously you've been doing it for, you know, been, and it's been going for 15 years and you've been very involved, but, you know, what, I mean, what, I'm just curious to see where you're kind of, where, where you're at right now with it. Like, what, do you just love it? Like, it's also your learning curve and, and kind of, do you see this as, I want to be doing this for the rest of my life? Like, how, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, never in a million years did I think Africa or water or nonprofit had yeah. anything to do with my story, but I believe God has better plans. Um, it's comical to know, like, what? I'm doing this? You know, I majored, I wanted to be broadcast journalism major at OU, you know, or a golf coach or just... I can't imagine like having to wear fancy clothes and high heels and like diddied up every day. That just doesn't really sound. Yeah. So however that looks, um, I am behind the computer a lot more than on the golf course. Thankfully my team's in Scottsdale. So I do have a two hour head start on them. So if I do go and need to get my golf in, it's 8am at Jimmy Austin and I'm done by brunch time and they never know that I've been on the golf course. So that's the beautiful thing, but I actually haven't played in two months. Um, with going to Africa and, and other life stuff and just priorities. Um, so I did just play the last three days in Toledo, Ohio for some pro-ams. But yeah, so so where we're going after OKC is I'm actually the Floridian down in Palm City, Florida. Oh, it sounds terrible. <laughs> they said yes to us. That's awesome. To do a intimate stay and play. So two night, okay. two and a half day golf, four groups, That's four awesome. pros. You know, is mixing it, is it, it up. Full? Do you fully vote? No, it's not full. Okay. I've got one team sold. I haven't even public. I'm not going to even publicly okay. sell it. Yeah. Um, and so people are flying it's a, in. It's a hard place to go to, isn't it? It's, it's so terrible. good. Down there. It's actually like where, I mean, I used to live in Tampa and we would always have an, an annual fig jam. If you yeah. know what fig jam stands for, uh, it would be like a kind of a pro-am stay in play situation where we can just let our hair down and be safe and have fun and, uh, it's a lovely spot. So I've got that over Halloween. Amazing. And then um, I'm actually hosting some donor golf in, um, this is even worse. This is actually, in, this is in like two weeks. We're going to go play Inksters hosting at Pasa Tiempo. We're going to play Cypress Point. Have you ever heard of that place? Do you have any job applications? Can and, I sign up for this? And then Monterey Peninsula Country Club, yeah. both courses. Um, t- getting to take a couple donors out there. Amazing. And then going to do a... Long Island, Hamptons, uh, Shinnecock, National Golf Links, and probably a third course at the end of September. Is Friars head up that way? Yeah, we have a lot of donors at Friars. Oh, we had an event like, there. I've just seen photos, and it just looks like the Best most- showers in the men's locker room. The owner let the girls come in and, like, get... See, see, people... I'm glad you said that. People listening don't get donut. People who aren't golfers, there is a thing with showers in oh, yeah. country clubs, right? Which was kind of bad, because here we are trying to raise money for clean water in Africa. <laughs> they have no True. water. yeah. And here we are are enjoying the showers this that massive just, shower head yeah. that's just dumping water yeah. on you and it's nothing it's nothing it's it's the size of the, the water pipe that makes it and the water pressure yeah. it's not like you know because you could have terrible water pressure and get this giant um shower head but i'm that's hilarious that you yeah. said that people listening are like what are you talking about shower heads oh, for yeah. showers you, <laughs> you would understand yeah. so that'll be the september golf which benefits me because you know i love to play those places but yeah. also um get to uh gift our donors some really nice experiences. So uh, going forward, we have our 15th year anniversary dinner and pro-am in Scottsdale because that's home base. That's yeah. where we originated. Uh, Scottsdale Four Seasons and Pinnacle Peak Country Club there in Scottsdale. That's where Betsy King's a member. So we're already sold out. Amazing. And that's December 4th and 5th. And yeah. we haven't even email blasted it. Yeah. Uh, so that's a blessing for sure. And then right after I'm taking a group to Africa, um, to, to show them the work and dedicate the wells and the mechanized systems and stuff like that. So uh, going forward, yeah, we've got 1.5 million left on our pledge to uh-huh. World Vision, which we should be able to do this year, if not early next year. And we just had our board meeting and I was just, you know, giving them the vision of the next three years because we're calling it Finish the Job Zambia with World Vision uh, because they are going to be the next country fully fulfilled with water. Um, wherever World Vision works by 2025. So it's pretty cool to be able to see something being accomplished in our lifetimes. Because, of course, you know, cancer research and stuff, they're all great foundations. But it's like, let's get the answers. Like, let's move on to the next project. And so it'll be, we're just super proud to be partnered with World Vision. They're the leading NGO when it comes to clean water in the world. They're in over 100 countries worldwide. Um, But we love, we love Zambia, the, the people of Zambia. It's a safe country. 
they're full of love, pure, pure people, faithful people. And, um, and you know, water is the most basic need and it's 2022. Every, every human deserves access to clean water. So with the gift of golf and golf is a charitable sport, we've been able to do this for 15 years. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I clearly see the appeal to working for this organization, (laughs) you know, like it's, 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 you know, outside of playing amazing golf courses with incredible people who are also now donors, like that's just a small part of it. Right. Right. When you go to Africa and you experience that, you know, it's, you don't need to see it again, right? You just see it once. You're like, okay, now I get it. Yeah. Right. And and the hardest part for you probably is just getting people to go to go there. You know. Yeah. Once I mean, you get them on, once you get them there, they they're sold, right? They get it. Right. You know, whether they want to sign up to play in our golf event because they want to play Oklahoma City Golf and Country Club or Friars Head or wherever we have our events, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Sign up because of that reason. Or you want to go play with Julingster, sign up because of that reason. Or you may fall in love with our mission, and maybe yeah. hopefully by the end of our event, you do. And I mean, even turning my LPJ host families into donors over the years, that's who I got to take in August that's was, awesome. you know, my host mom in Northwest Arkansas, who hasn't ever been to a Golf for Africa event. And for her to, sit, like, as the trip went on, for her to learn how the process worked and oh, well, there's more than just a well. Oh, there's a mechanized system. Oh, there's a baby wash. So it's fun to to teach them. And, and it's not just us coming and being the hero of here's the money, here's the water. World Vision implements all the water. But all that they have to do is communities. They do it for themselves yeah. of like learning the hygiene and sanitation part. They don't know. Mm-hmm. You got to use the restroom or wash your hands or keep your dishes clean and yeah. sanitize. So it's it's a beautiful partnership that, yes, we're blessed to be able to, you know, give them the financial uh, means, um, but they do it for themselves as well. So it's yeah. been fun. Yeah. And people, you know, think Africa's just so far fetched, but I mean, I've been three times. I'll be going my fourth in December. It's only a 15 hour flight from Atlanta. One layover. It's not that far. It's I mean, like, if you've flown all around the world your entire life, like it's nothing. Is yeah. That, I told right? World Vision this the other day. I'm like, it's not that far. It's just like <laughs> down the way. They're like, That's very optimistic. Right. <laughs> a couple right. naps, couple Co- meals, couple movies and you're there. Bunch of movies and you're there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, finishing up a little quick fire um, to, oh. to round us off. All right. I like um, it. A few questions. What's favorite club in the bag? Um, ooh. I'm going to say five hybrid. I, when I turned 34, I got a five hybrid. Okay. It's money. I Lo- like my driver too. Lowest round. 64. I've never touched 63. It's my chase. Uh, hole in ones. Five. Wow. Any in Oklahoma? No. Yes. My first one. Okay. Traditions. It's no longer alive. Yeah. And yeah. then the rest the of The day one. that I committed OU actually. Um, Good day. Oh, yeah, my brain's mush, but I've had five, but I'm 0 for 5 in tournaments. They're all in pro-am situations where the drinks are free. Hey, so. That's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, favorite thing about golf? The human interaction. Walking uh, the tracks as well. Definitely. Um, favorite on-course golf snack? Jerky. Any specific jerky? Um, I like Chef's Cut, and I, yeah, Jack Link's teriyaki. Uh, best halfway house you've ever seen? Oof. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean, Madison Club, they're, you know, it's the five pound round, of course. So Madison Club just sticks out to me as Desert Mountain's really up their game. Um, oh, that's such a great question. There's so many. I've been a Golf Digest panelist since 09, so that's my chase is to play the top 100 that I can as a female. So I geek out about all that stuff. Well, now you can get on Pine Valley, so that has to be on the list. I did get to play there on an all-nighter, actually. Okay. My clubs never came. I had to pull an all-nighter to get there. But, yeah, so I actually have to – I'm owed a repeat round out there. What? Do you think – do you play the par 3 course as well? Did not. Okay. You need to do that when you go okay. back. Uh, favorite hole at Pine Valley? Hardest question in the world. Uh, the par threes. All of them. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Final question. Best golf gift you've had from a manufacturer? Best golf gift? Yeah. Anything from Ping. You're a big Ping fan. I'm Ping all the way. Yeah. They're, I mean, I love the humans. Have you yeah. been to the Golden Room thing yet? I have a butter in the Golden Room. You, of course you do. You're a winner. It's a gold, gold vault. Yeah. Amazing. How was that experience? Let's finish with that. What's that like going to the ping vault? Yeah, you got to put the white gloves on. Yeah. And um, so anytime any of my friends go and get fit there, I say, go look for my putter. Um, It actually is a really good story. So a few 
gosh, about 2000. And I think I had just had surgery. Why did I have surgery? I don't remember. But I was at Angela Stanford's house down in Fort Worth. She's a member at Shady Oaks, home of Ben Hogan. I was not going to play golf. Didn't bring my clubs. And she said, suck it up. Go get in my garage and build yourself a set. So I gathered up, you know, 12 clubs or whatever and mad that I've got to go play Shady Oaks. And I stole a B60 putter, a 1999 B60 putter that was made for her. And I made everything at Shady. (laughs) And I said, I'm taking this. And then I end up winning on the Symmetra Tour with it in 17 at South Bend, um, which is where my ashes might be fully spread because I have had two hole-in-ones, a double eagle, and a win there at Blackthorn Golf Club. And I I hate Notre Dame, too. (laughs) Um, And so that putter, even the rep goes, are you sure this is Stanford's putter? I said, it's her specs and everything put her in there so it's it's awesome that's awesome. it's awesome what a great way to finish kendall yeah. thank you so much for coming down i uh, love what you guys are doing um excited to help anywhere i can thank you um volunteer or whatever you need from me i'm happy to help and for people listening i'll put all the links to social media pages website and maybe the link to the pdf that we can get as well for, for the sponsorship yeah. levels october 16th and 17th come on out to oklahoma city golf country club you won't regret it and we'll see you next episode cheers Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and finally our third sponsor for today the oklahoma 988 mental health lifeline 988 is the direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with the trained behavioral health professionals that can get all oklahomans the help that they need learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com It's 988oklahoma.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.